Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are now tuned in to the Jags Den Podcast. The official podcast of the Jaguars Wire. Brought to you by USA Today Sports Media Group. And also, the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Jags Den Podcast. The go-to and number one Jacksonville Jaguars podcast around. I am your host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And, of course, I am always joined by our fearless leader, James Johnson. Jay, fresh off your your trip here out to out to Dallas. How are you, how are you doing, man? You, I'd like to say, are you fresh? But no, you were still working. <laughs> he was still out here working for y'all all the time, man. The guy never stops. He cares about you guys. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, had a good time in Dallas, man. Uh, got to, um, as I said, I, I got to be a fan for a change. Like, I think, like, as a writer, you get away from that. And I wanted to go to the draft to do that, uh, you know, to be a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars again and to be a fan of the NFL again. And uh, the whole experience was nice, man. Like, you know, between you falling into 40, you know, and like <laughs> everything else, man, I, I really enjoyed myself. I already truthfully missed Dallas, if we being honest, and uh, can't wait to come back. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, overall, I kind of left a little, I wouldn't say underwhelmed is too strong of a word, but I think maybe I was expecting a little bit more. Um, a lot of Jaguar fans, a lot of people in Jacksonville will remember the NFL experience when the Jaguars hosted the Super Bowl about a decade ago and I felt like there was a lot more to do now of course that's the Super Bowl this is but you know it being in Dallas and them wanting to show out I I, maybe my expectations were a little bit too high but it was still a lot of fun Uh, we just barely missed getting into the stadium Uh, we were I think 11,000th in line so we were like right there Um, and then (laughs) otherwise we would have we would have gotten in, but unfortunately, we didn't actually get into the draft. But it was still a lot of fun, uh, still a lot. Of, and then, of course, that is what we're going to be talking about here today on the Jags Den podcast, which is the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire. And make sure that you follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, tune in. And as always, we are on the official USA Today Audio Boom Network. So we are obviously super thankful for that. And we are going to get into. Some, obviously, a lot of, mostly, this is going to be mostly draft recap, as well as some other news that we are going to discuss here today. Really, really quick, just to kind of get this out of the way, the Jaguars did release punter Brad Nortman, as well as wide receiver Jalen Strong, after a unfortunate, um, you know, injury he had um, early in in the last season after tearing his ACL. And, of course, Nortman on his way out with the Jaguars, selecting a punter in the seventh round that was kind of expected so we'll just do a really quick recap here as far as the Jaguars draft selections we had seven picks overall first round of course the Jaguars went defensive lineman out of Florida Taven Bryan 
Round two, wide receiver DJ Chark out of LSU. Round three, safety Ronnie Harrison out of Alabama. So a, a very strong SEC presence right out of the gate. Round four is when we got our offensive lineman, Will Richardson. And then after that, we did not have a fifth-round pick, but the sixth round, we went with quarterback Tanner Lee. Then round seven, we had Leon Jacobs and Logan Cook. So that is where we went. And, Jay, let's start off with round one. Mm-hmm. You and I were in a, uh, a local watering hole here in, uh, here in <laughs> Dallas. Yeah. And we have been very vocal about what we wanted. Lamar Jackson was there. He was available. He'd been waiting all night. We have been trying to speak this into existence, I think, since the college football season ended. And we were waiting and waiting, and they didn't go with Lamar Jackson. They didn't go with Will Hernandez, which is who we thought they might get. They went with a – I think we were kind of surprised with – Taven Bryan out of the University of Florida. What I know what your first reaction was. Tell, <laughs> well, <laughs> tell everyone else what your first reaction was. Yeah, I, I found out a little bit ahead of time, of course, before the um, before they actually Spoiled went to me. the podium. <laughs> and uh, we we were uh, we were chilling at the restaurant uh, with, with my MacBook in hand, and then I got the text message, and I mean I. This is my thing with it. Now, if you all have read my articles and uh, for those of you have that have been listening to the podcast the last couple weeks now, I've been saying that I don't think they were going to go with Lamar Jackson. It was just wishful thinking and hoping and the fan in me wanted them to go with Lamar Jackson. Because as you all know, I'm a big advocate that if Blake Bortles fails the Jaguars on what is a two year plan, they need a backup plan for him next year. He was on the board. They didn't take him. Um, and let's just hope this isn't a case where I, I know, especially I keep looking back at the whole thing with Deshaun Watson, how they passed on him and, and he turned out to be what he was. Granted, he got injured, but I mean, let's say he landed with the Jaguars. You don't know if that would have been the situation with him. You know, maybe he would have played a full season. Jacksonville does have a way better offensive line. Uh, though, you know, the injury wasn't necessarily due to a hit that he took or whatever. But um, that being said, I just hope this isn't a case where we look back at it, or at least I do, and say, hey, look, man, Lamar Jackson's over there in Baltimore killing it. Like, we should have took him while Blake Bortles is somewhat struggling or, or you know, just, just being mediocre at that. So um, that being said, though, on Taven Bryan, uh, the, you know, we I don't want to – you know, make this a knock on him. Uh, he's a guy that I did see a little bit of film on. Um, I didn't study as much as like Lamar and even some other defensive players, but uh, he's a guy that I, I can see why the Jags would be interested in him. I can see why they selected him. He's a guy with a lot of upside, a lot of untapped potential. Uh, you know, you look at his stats in college, it's, it's not all that impressive because he's a guy that's just scratching the surface, a guy with a lot of upside, um, a guy that a lot of people have compared to J.J. Watt from a upside perspective. That's that's a guy that if you look at his stuff in Wisconsin, J.J. Watt wasn't flashy with the stats and whatnot. It's when he got into the league and became, you know, the player that he is today that we started to see, you know, the star that we all know is J.J. Watt right now. So that being said, Taven Bryan could take a similar career path. Um, there's plenty of guys ahead of him that could coach him up, teach him up, Malik Jackson, uh, most notably, who he probably 
will end up replacing um, next year, at least. And, um, you know, there's Calais Campbell, um, plenty of guys that can help him on the edge as well. Yannick can help him with some pass rushing moves and whatnot. Uh, this kid couldn't go into a better situation. And um, he does have a lot of raw, untapped potential that I think in the end he could tap into and become a very good football player. So, Jay was a lot more articulate than I was <laughs> um, as far as my response. And I don't I mean, make... my initial response, though. <laughs> they don't want to even know how yeah, that went. But... <laughs> listen, <clears throat> I'm not necessarily the film or the numbers guy here at the Jaguars Wire, okay? I'm very emotional. I wear, I wear it on my sleeve, and, <laughs> and I feel like that's okay. I was pretty upset about the pick um and i'm still still kind of simmering over it um but at the same time uh, like jay said this they're they're thinking ahead and i just hope they're not thinking so far ahead that they miss out on the right now because this team can win a super bowl right now i believe with the right quarterback and the right quarterback doesn't have to be doesn't have to be a superstar. You can win a you can win a Super Bowl with a with a decent quarterback, and I still believe that Blake Bortles is is subpar, and I still believe that to this team, and obviously based off this draft, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I still believe when it comes down to it that they still won't trust him to take to deliver. Um, right. And I keep going back to the AFC Championship game, where that's that's uh, kind of where you where you see it. Taven Bryan better be JJ Watt, man. He better be Aaron Donald or something like that. Sure. I mean, I, he, yeah. he better be something like this if you're gonna if he was the top guy on your board, and there were still some other there were some needs there that were that needed to be met. Um, he better be one of those guys. I mean, they they keep picking these these Florida players and Dante Fowler has been okay, but he's also been kind of a, kind of an idiot at times. Um, a lot of, of course, um, with of course off the field stuff, but also on the field stuff where he gets dumb penalties and right, makes, right. makes it very frustrating. He's not, he's definitely not to the scale of Andre branch who I could not stand. <laughs> and that guy blocked me because of how much I harassed him on Twitter. And you know what? Deservedly. So I would have done the same thing because I was <laughs> right. But, I mean, like I said, this guy better be, if he's going to replace Malik, he better have Malik production or be better. Right. Uh, I agree with that, too, man. So. Like, one, one thing about this, this does remind me of a situation before. I don't know if a lot of people remember when Malik, before he came to Jacksonville, when the Broncos went on their um, playoff run. I think they almost, did they go to the Super Bowl that year? They might have went to the Super Bowl that year. But the year before Malik Jackson became a Jacksonville Jaguar. Um, a, a key part in the Broncos uh, having success that year was they had just this ridiculous defensive line rotation. And I think, like, that's where the Jags kind of differ from, from Denver's defense. I mean, aside from scheme and all of that, is, like, when you get when you start getting past the starters, you know, you don't get the same production. And, I mean, like, rightfully so because the starters are the number ones. But still, like, you want a continuous pass rush. And the guy that was behind Malik Jackson was uh, Derek Wolf, if I recall, who's right, still right. there. And uh, that was a guy that, like, when you took Malik off the field, you still got the same type of, like, 
pass rush production out of, you know, the guy that was behind <clears throat> him in Wolf. And I think, like, this could be a similar situation where they could now take Malik off the field or they can even move Taven around. Like, you know, Taven could be the replacement for Calais Campbell for all we know because he's a guy that has played all over the line he's played if I recall he played a tad bit of nose tackle too and he's played on the edge so <coughs> he, he can replace him as well like it, it goes either or you know whoever the Jaguars can afford between Malik and and Calais down the road uh Taven Bryant's their replacement essentially so I'll say I think they're trying to do something like what Denver did um, but still, like, I don't want to look back at this class and, and see Lamar Jackson killing it with the Baltimore Ravens and be like, hey, you know, like, that's the second time Dave Caldwell did that. Maybe third, if Patrick Mahomes, you know, proves to be what we think he can be. Um, and and, and we, I guess time will tell. Time will tell. But, um, yeah, Taven Bryant, I am I, – I will say I am excited to see, like, what he brings into the rotation – um, but I would much rather have had Lamar. But I think I think Taven Bryant is going to make things exciting on defense. I mean, as I mean, it already was, but he's going to make things more exciting uh, from a uh, rotational standpoint. Yeah, I, I totally get trying to do what Denver did, you know, of course, with Derek Wolf and Malik. But you know what else Denver had? Peyton freaking Manning. And you know what? In the last and the Super Bowl that they won was his last game. Yeah, he wasn't that Peyton Manning anymore, but he was still a smart player. You know, he still had instincts that Blake Bortles will never have. So, I mean, that's that's great and all. And I and that Denver defense is one of the one of the greatest of all time. But they still had Peyton Manning and even a and a uh, at the time, a um, a competent Brock Osweiler. You know, obviously, we know he is now, but he was still capable of of winning with that team. Um, Right. So yeah, like you said, man. I just hope, I just hope that, and I really do think Lamar is going to be the most successful quarterback out of this out of this this, this right. prop. We're not going to get any other picks, but I wasn't really high on any of those other guys um, other than Lamar. And even if Mason Rudolph turns out to be something else, you know, and we we right. heard, uh, we'll get to Tanner Lee in a moment, but he wasn't even on our radar. We heard Chase Litton with Kyle Lauletta, um, who was the third guy. Um, Mike White. Mike White. We didn't. Even, we didn't even hear Tanner Lee. And like I said, we'll get to that in a second. But right. Taven Bryan better be something special, you know, if we're gonna. And he, like you said, he comes into an awesome situation. And uh, him and Ronnie Harrison, they got to be genuinely excited to be coming to this this uh, this defense. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. They definitely have some guys to learn learn from. So uh, the round two pick, we were a little bit more optimistic about uh, DJ Chark. Um, I believe he had the fastest forty time um, among the receivers in the draft. What are you four three four? What was what yep. was? Yeah, uh, big guy. Um, you pick him at uh, pick him in the second round. Um, kind of sounds a little bit familiar. We get a wide receiver in the second round. I think we just I think we just let a receiver go that we got in the second round. I forgot his name though. It's not important. Um, <laughs> listen, and we man. also got somebody <laughs> on the roster that's a second round receiver too. Yeah, that we resigned um, so, from the same class. The team, uh, this the fan base kind of turned on a Rob pretty quickly, and I'm here for it. I'm going to be turned totally <laughs> with you. I'm totally here for it. You know. Anyway, oh, we're not talking about the past. We're talking about the future. DJ Chark, um, <laughs> pretty excited. Uh, he gets to join. 
uh, his um, his buddy Leonard Fournette. And uh, like we said, of uh, a big SEC presence. And one thing that I I was kind of um, optimistic about is these LSU receivers seem to really kind of come into their own once they get into the league because LSU, for whatever reason, doesn't know how to scout a quarterback. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is, but so and maybe Blake's isn't going to be much better. But I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. So uh, I'm pretty pretty excited about that that pick how did you feel yeah yeah me and you both like we were way more excited about the pick than Taven Bryan and that's no disrespect to Taven Bryan but um you know like even though we didn't get the the quarterback we didn't we wanted in the first round we still wanted some offensive help too and that's exactly what uh DJ Chark is a guy tall guy 6'3 uh you know 200 pounds uh, he checks off all the measurables, you know, ran a 4-3-4 at the combine, as you said. Um, this is a guy that um, he's kind of like Brian, too. Like, he, he, he didn't – the statistics really don't stand out from a college standpoint, but he's a guy that has a lot of upside as an NFL player as well. I think he had, like, three touchdowns and, like, 800 yards. But as Phil said – a lot of that ain't his fault because they can't scout quarterbacks for whatever reason at LSU. And I mean, I think it's because it's, it's the SEC and the huge uh, recruiting presence in LSU's area and in, in, in Georgia's area. Georgia and Texas get a lot of the top quarterback prospects from the South. And I mean, you can even argue like some, some of Florida too. So that being said, LSU ain't really been able to grab one of those five-star guys to to help Chark out and, and Leonard Fournette and whoever else then came through there in the past, um, Odell Beckham and you name it. So, um, yeah, Chark is a guy that um, he, he has to be excited about the situation he's walking into, as we said about Brian and um, our third-round pick, uh, Ronnie Harrison, because he's going to get to learn from Keenan McCardell. And if you all saw the video on jaguars.com, uh, when they made the pick, um, Keenan was one of the guys that talked with him as they were making the pick, and he seemed so excited to be, you know, pairing up with such a, a legendary receiver. So um, he also has guys to learn from, and, um, you know, Marquise Lee, who said, you know, he's he's more than willing to take on the role as the leader of the, the locker room as a he receiver. Yeah, I mean, the money he's getting. And then, you know, he can learn from Dante Moncrief is a guy that um a lot of people – weren't as excited about being that we paid him what we paid him. But if you look at the film on Dante Moncrief, one thing you can say that he does well, his catch radius is, is just ridiculous. And that's something that he can help Chark with. This is a guy that, um, another SEC guy in Moncrief that I think could really help out Chark. Lee can help him out. Um, especially Keelan Cole, because they're so similar, you know, and it, it, this is a guy that can relate to what Chark is going to go through in his first year. So, um, you know, they did make the receiver room a little crowded. Uh, but that being said, I think Chark will make his money at least this year on special teams uh, because it's just too crowded in terms of receiver play on the field. Uh, but he'll probably play some um, – I can see him doing some return duties. He was an excellent uh, returner in, in college and a good special teams player. So I think that's what they're going to probably rely on him more so for. And um, I think, you know, it spells trouble for guys like Jadon Mickens. So yeah. um, I think time will tell, like, what they really have planned for DJ Shark. But I'm excited about that pick. Yeah, and ideally you can get that production that you got from Mickens out of Shark. So that makes right. Mickens expendable, unfortunately. 
Um, but we'll see. Like I said, it's really crowded there in that receiver room. So we will see what happened. And then our third round pick, which is another one we got ex- excited about. I mean, some people had Ronnie Harrison as a first round talent. Um, and we got him in the third round. I mean, talk about value. Uh, and, and of course, once again, uh, one of those situations where hopefully the rich get richer with Taven Bryan and Ronnie Harrison. You go to you, you add him to this this defense. Um, he's already been learning under Nick Saban, and now he will come over here and um, be mentored by all these guys and um, with Barry Church and and, and Gip and and of course uh, with uh, with Jalen and and AJ. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see. A, a lot of a lot of draft experts were very high on what we did. As far as uh, as far as this draft, which is very, um, very, very exciting, and it all kind of started with really that draft we had a couple of years ago when we got Jalen and we got Miles, and you know we had that we've had a couple of really, really solid outings and free agency. So this is what it feels like, guys, when you have some momentum, and hopefully they 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 will keep it going. Um, so what were your thoughts really on on Ronnie Harrison being added? Yeah, you, you guys know I'm a SEC guy, Georgia fan, go dogs. Um, so, you know, uh, I've seen Ronnie Harrison a, a many a times. Um, you know, I would have preferred not to deal with him on the field as a Bulldog fan. Um, but um, he's a guy that uh, they they like his variety. Um, so they think he could play both personally. But me and, when me and Phil talked about this, I thought he was more of a mold of a strong safety for them. But he does have range. He's a guy that um, – you know, he, he has – I think he might have better range and speed than Barry Church. Um, probably just not the, the smarts of Barry Church on the NFL level yet. Of course, he's going to have to get on the field and see some things and, and whatnot. But um, Ronnie Harrison, very good pick. Um, I, I like his – I mean, I like his size and, like, the physical presence he'll bring with Jalen Ramsey. Like, And I think in time, like, when we look down the road four more years from now, like, people are going to be scared – to go anywhere near Harrison and 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 um and Jalen Ramsey because of the just the physicality they bring into it. But then again, the lead's kind of like cutting down on like you know hard hits and whatnot. So we'll have to see. But uh, he's a guy that adds intimidation to the defense as if they didn't need that already. They already have that, but he added more intimidation into the defense. And uh, he's a guy that I could see you know starting probably not this year. They probably let him sit. But um, next year, you know, he'll he'll probably be past the torch uh, from Barry Church and uh, join Gip back there in the backfield. Yeah, as mentioned, very very strong SEC presence in the first three rounds uh, will be be very exciting. We finally then in the fourth round we got our we got our lineman Will Richardson. What have you seen from seen and heard about him uh, that should get Jaguar fans excited? Yeah, he. I mean, he fits. I researched him when we first got a visit from him and the Oregon tackle. They came in together, if I'm not mistaken, at, for a visit. And uh, the Jags, like, he, I can see exactly why they picked him because he fits what they like to do to a T. Uh, he's physical, nasty, gritty, and versatile, too. Like, that that was the key thing that Dave Caldwell said they liked about him is they, they you know, of course we know he can play right tackle. Uh, they think he can play left tackle. They think he can play guard as well, which I think that's where he's going to play uh, this year. Um, as I think he should battle A.J. Can for that right guard spot, and I think he'll be fine there. But um, eventually, he's the successor for Jeremy Parnell, who 
Uh, he's going to cost an arm and a leg next year, if I recall, looking at his cap figures. Um, but for the time being, I think he can settle in at right guard and, and maybe even do such a good job that they just keep him there and maybe just look for another option at right tackle. Um, but glad to have him. You know, he had some um, – we all seen the off-the-field issues that he had with the, the whole marijuana thing where they suspended him for two games. I uh, had a DUI. Uh, they seem to think that he's past that. Um, and, and that he's a guy that they graded higher than where they took him. So, um, you know, if if you're looking at a guy that's a third-round pick that you got in the fourth, that's another steal. And that's a guy that could start right away, as we've seen with, with Brandon Linder and A.J. Can, who also were graded as third-round picks. Right, and just like you you said there, um, that's what I was going to touch on too. It appears like they had a much higher grade on them than where he got them, so that that's that's really solid. And uh, Jay, you wrote wrote about this earlier, where they you know he's kind of um, where where Josh Wells was kind of this guy as far as the versatility, and it was very underwhelming. So as far as his versatility, um, we should be very excited um, about about Will and and being able to plug him in plug him in right away. I would definitely love to see him push out AJ can who has, I, in my opinion, just been very underwhelming uh, since we, since we got him. So it, it would be nice to see Will get in here and, and do his thing right off the bat. So um, as far as the rest of the picks, um, was there anything here that you feel like still that uh, stood out? Tanner Lee, of course, uh, Leon Jacobs, Logan cook, and then some undrafted guys that we got notables, uh, Alan Lazard. I, I, won't, I think I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Quentin yep. Meeks, cornerback, uh, guard Tony Allen, who played next to uh, Richardson at NC State. Any of these guys that you think that maybe were late round gems that uh, we should maybe be uh, excited about? Yeah, uh, of course, Logan, uh, Leon Jacobs is the one that sticks out to me because I mocked him to us like two times or three times. Um, this is a guy that um, our man Zerline from uh, NFL.com, the draft analyst, um, thought would be a Jacksonville Jaguar before the draft and he, he this is a guy that he labeled as your prototypical Sam linebacker that's your strong side linebacker and a guy that uh he quote unquote felt was a uh, very Jacksonville in terms of a, a linebacker and he couldn't have been more right and it's crazy because I had a mock to us like in the third uh not third but the fourth round and for him to slide I didn't even know he was on the board in the seventh round because like I I was expecting him to be gone and then they they drafted him I'm like what was he still doing on the board anyway but um yeah when you put on the film of Leon Jacobs he's a guy that um you could tell like at times I I, I guess he fell because at times his uh he he looks a little bit lost on the field if you will um he's still uh, I think he's still trying to learn the game and, uh, you know, learn how to uh, play in space, uh, this, that, and the other. Um, and he's a guy that, you know, he, he is definitely a physical specimen. Don't get me wrong about that. We all seen the picture. The man. guy is jacked. If you haven't seen the picture yet, he's, you know what? Think think Terry Crews, but, but bigger, man. Like, the guy is jacked. And so, right. like you said, right. the prototypical guy that you that you want. Um, and right. to get him in the seventh round, man, is insane. Ridiculous, man. And he can, like, he's so versatile. Like, he's played middle linebacker. He can play strong. He can pass rush. You know, he's a guy that he can do a lot of things for them. But I think they will settle him at Sam. So, um, you know, uh, Miles Jack can kick in into the middle. Uh, typically, you want experience in the middle because it's just you're basically the quarterback of the defense. So it would be hard to imagine them putting Leon Jacobs 
in in the middle like at least in his rookie year it would be hard to see that so um uh, that was the one that stood out in terms of the um the undrafted guys Alan Lazard watched a little film on him after the draft uh like what he brings to the table um a guy that he lacks breakaway speed uh he lacks suddenness so you can see why he was undrafted but as a target in the red zone uh that's where he can make his money and he's a guy that had, I think it was nine touchdowns last year, uh, roughly 900 yards with Iowa State. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, we, as me and Phil have said in the past, we stay on Blake Bortles' case. But one thing we cannot say that Blake Bortles doesn't do well is play well in the red zone. Right. And you put this this young man with Blake Bortles in the red zone. Uh, you know, we saw a lot of this last year where they put, they'll flank Mercedes Lewis out as a receiver out there by himself. That's probably what they're going to do with Lazard if he makes the team. And uh, he, he's a guy that can can score the Jaguars a lot of points in the red zone, especially being that they couldn't get the tight end that they wanted in, in terms of a red zone threat. I mean, I know they got Safarian Jenkins, but they probably wanted to draft a guy too. So I think Lazard can make up for that. And uh, Quentin Meeks, uh, that's, that's a guy that most said was the best undrafted player out there to get. And uh, he's a guy that they, you know, people had fourth round grades on mm-hmm. at the most. I haven't seen a third round grade from uh, DraftAnalyst.com um, from Tony Pauline on him. So, uh, you know, this guy that you know we another, you know, he fits another need because we wanted somebody to come in and play nickel or at least challenge um, my man um, that we got from the Lions. Um, what's his name? Uh, Hayden. Uh, DJ Hayden. DJ Hayden. Yeah. So, you know, this this provides that, and um, you know, the Jaguars could use some depth at the cornerback position. So. Um, he he adds to that, um, and uh, lastly Richardson, who uh, he graded out like a 86. He had the highest grade of any undrafted player we got. Uh, he's a guy that you know, totally yeah, up. Allen, Allen, yeah. But Richardson was the guy he played next to, is what I meant. But um, you know, Allen is a guy that you know we we know what our situation is in terms of depth in the offensive line. So this guy, I think, has a big chance of making the team, in my opinion. Um, but you know, time will tell. Yeah, and like like we talked about last week, the Jags have some history of finding some some good and undrafted undrafted players. Of course, we just recently did with Alan Hearns, Jadon Mickens, I believe, was undrafted. Keelan Cole. Um, so yeah, they have some success at finding these these gems. So we will definitely see they'll absolutely get their shot. As you mentioned, I mean, the wide receiver spot is already kind of crowded, but hey, man, they're going to get their they're going to get their opportunity if if. Uh, What's his name? Oh gosh, the receiver. A couple years ago, he went to when we uh, when we beat the Bears. It was like the first touchdown he had scored in like years. What was what was the name of that receiver? Oh yeah, He's been the my team man. Forever. Um, uh, what's his name? He was the special teams captain. Ace. Um, Ben. It really is Ben. <laughs> yeah, it really is Ben. Yeah. Listen, man, you never know when your opportunity is going to come, and uh, so that it really is Ben. He just kept working, so you never know when you're going right. to get that opportunity. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, they could keep six receivers too. I mean, yeah. that's what they, if I recall, they did that last year heading into the season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they, I mean, like, because I, I don't know like a lot about Tanner Lee, but if they only go in there with two quarterbacks and roughly four tight ends, you know, that makes room for an extra receiver. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yep. So overall, we're um, just thoughts and in, in, in grade. What would you give the grade on the 2018 Jacksonville Jaguars draft class? Uh, I I give it about a B plus because I mean obviously of 
the quarterback situation. I mean, even like, you know, a lot of people are going to say you're just doing that because they didn't take, you know, they didn't take your man Jackson. But even if they didn't take Jackson, okay, that's fine. All right. Uh, you can even take Mike White in the fourth round. You know, I'm not saying anything against Will Richardson or anything. Like, I, I love the Will Richardson pick. But I think the Jaguars needed to get a quarterback in the top four rounds, whether that yeah. was like Lauletta, who they didn't show any interest in, to my knowledge. But um, I wasn't expecting them to get him. But that, you know, a guy of his caliber, Lauletta, Mike White, even Chase Litton, you know, would have been a better pick than Tanner Lee, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, you, you never know what, what Tanner Lee might do. I mean, he he's a guy that has the physical traits. Uh, it's just when the bullets get to flying, he makes mistakes. So we'll we'll see what we we'll had a guy in here before that that had that issue. Okay. Uh, yeah, and can't remember his name. No can't remember his name, but he beat us last year. So, I mean, oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot all about that. Jesus, don't remind me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would, I'm right there with you. I would give it like a B minus a B. I'm, I'm right around there, and of course you really can't grade a draft class until for two years, you know? So look right. back at um, a couple years ago now with, with Jalen and miles and, and that draft, that's probably an a, um, and then the verdict's still out on last year's uh, last year's draft early returns, as far as Leonard Fournette, um, and then, and, and those guys are, are looking good, but you really can't judge a draft class for, for a good couple of years. So we will see. And we just hope, hope that, that Blake is the guy and at least can do just enough to get us to a Super Bowl because this team, based off of these moves, is a, is ready to win. They they want to win now um, yeah. with, with the team as constructed. So we will see. Um, we're, one other thing we kind of want to touch on here that we just found out uh, last night. So it's, it's uh, May 1st right now. I'm not sure when you'll be listening to this, but the NFL has started to do their top 100 players list that they do every year. And I believe this is voted by players, I believe, correct? Yeah, it's voted yeah. by players. So, so they all players. they go in, they uh, they list 20 guys that they think are the top players in the league. And that's how the votes are tallied. Yes. OK, so. So that is how um, – so, yeah, so it's voted amongst the players. And Yannick Ngakwe was the first Jaguar to show up. At number 88, um, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, a pro bowler. Um, let's see here. I'm pulling up his – I'm going to pull up his stat line right now. I should have had it in front of me, but I'm pulling it up right now. And, of course, it's not here. But, Jay, while I'm looking that up, um, not at Yannick Ngakwe, 88, too high or too low? Oh yeah, definitely too low. Um, but see, like my thing is, as as a fan, I wasn't disappointed. You know what I'm saying? Like as as disappointed as the people were that read the article on Jaguars Wire. Um, you know, a lot of them wanted him higher, and I, of course, I wanted him higher. I just, I think he deserves to be higher. But um, I, I do understand. Like I think part of the thing with him is he's a young unknown player, mm-hmm. and a lot of people haven't like it's voted on by the players. A lot of people haven't played Yannick yet. A lot of people haven't seen Yannick yet because nobody wants to give us national televised games apparently. So uh, you know, it's a it, a lot of people. A lot of his peers don't know about him yet, yeah. but the ones that do know about him have high regards for him. Like Taylor Lewan, who we saw in the video 
say, you know, he, he has a love-hate relationship with Yannick because that's who he lines up against two times a year. And, and you know, and of course, uh, you know, Telvin Smith put in a word for him. Of course, Jalen Ramsey probably did. A.J. Boye, you know, everybody who went to the Pro Bowl. And that's that's how he essentially probably got on the list when you look at how the voting is done. Uh, so that being said, like I wasn't I wasn't disappointed. I would have been more mad that he didn't make the list. I, I wanted him to definitely make it to some capacity of uh, which he did. And, um, you know, he'll don't worry about where he's ranked for now because he's going to only climb the list as he gets older and gets more experience. Um, this is a guy that led the league in sacks with uh, not led uh, force fumbles with six, mm-hmm. uh, had 12 sacks, went to his first Pro Bowl. Just just give it some time, guys. As he becomes more of a known player, he's next year I could see him like jumping to 50. And then a year after that, he might jump to like 20. Yeah. So it, it's just a matter of time before, you know, I, people know who he is. So, yeah. So looking at so 12 sacks last year, of course, the six strip uh, uh, force fumbles. Um, But, yeah, I, I definitely think this is way too low. But for reasons like you just mentioned, he's he's a relative unknown. What I what what Jay and I like to talk about all the time is. The word was in the year of the the Jalen draft where we got him. Um, the word was that we the front office wanted Joey Bosa. Well, Joey Bosa has, has turned out to be a excellent pro, and but we basically got Joey Bosa in the third round with Yannick. So not only did we get Jalen uh, Miles <laughs> and and, uh, and Yannick, so it actually worked out pretty well. So yeah, I definitely think this is a guy. Who is going to just only? He's going to only rise up the charts. I'm not sure how that's going to happen if they don't give us any damn primetime games. But you know, whatever. Uh, that's a story and an issue for another day. But I do think this is low, but not necessarily because of his play, but because of not being uh, just his not not given his opportunity to really to really shine on a national spotlight. So that I definitely agree that time will absolutely come so so but congratulations to yannick i think they're going to be there's going to be a very heavy jaguar influence in this uh in this list um and um it'll be fun to see who's highest who do you think's highest i believe it's i think it's going to be calais will probably be highest between yeah and probably he'll probably be i want to say calais will be in the top 10 but they'll probably put him in like they'll they'll probably do him dirty and put him in like the team somewhere somewhere yep. in there and then Jalen will be in the, the 20s and, yeah between uh, Jalen like, and AJ, AJ I think AJ is going to be on there Malik um yep yep who else uh Andrew Norwell should Norwell be in there be there um trying to so, think Telvin yeah definitely Telvin. Telvin he's been in there before mm-hmm. so him uh Telvin I think Telvin might see a climb yeah because people if there is somebody that people know on the Jacksonville Jaguars defense now is Telvin Smith. He's like the ambassador for the defense. He's always on Good Morning Football. Yeah. Um. You know. He he's always on the little documentaries where they got players mic'd up. Uh. One of the most vocal guys in the locker room. And then you know the whole situation with the pause retirement. You know everybody recognized him then. So he's yeah. a guy that he's I a think, very marketable and likable guy. So yeah, yeah. You can't help but like him. And um. You know him. I think him and Jalen Ramsey probably are the two ambassadors of the defense at least um that that it'll look that way on this list yeah and man what a uh what a future you know that's uh you can't 
can't uh, doesn't get much better than that. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely be keeping you up to date as soon as more of this list is revealed. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for this one, guys. We just wanted to, t- of course, update you on what we thought about the draft. Um, we are very optimistic while at the same time a, a little disappointed um, just because things didn't exactly go the way that we wanted. But that's the draft. You can't predict it. So as much as you try, you listen you listen to these mocks and all these things, and nothing really goes the way that you thought they would. We, we kept hearing, hey, the Patriots are going to get a quarterback on one of these picks. I don't even think they sniffed one. I think they got one late in the draft, you know, and that didn't happen. And all of a sudden, as, as the day of the draft came, Baker Mayfield was the top pick. And I go, what? What, <laughs> right. what, what is, what what is going in? on? Josh Rosen <laughs> falls to 10, and he's all pointy. <laughs> He's just a little brat and whatever. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so you really can't predict what's going to happen in the NFL draft, and that's what makes it so much fun. So, thank you so much for for tuning in and and making us your uh, um, your go to for Jaguars news. Hey, shout out to the to the BCB member that we ran into uh, while we were out in downtown Dallas, man, uptown Dallas. Um, we we ran into a guy with his Bull City Brigade shirt on and. Uh, he saw that me and Jay were sporting Jags gear, and we saw him. And shout out to all the Jaguar fans we saw at the draft party. So we were definitely representing guys. There there weren't many of us, but we were out there shouting Duval and and repping the best that we that we absolutely could. So because we love we love the team, and um, we represent everywhere that we go. So hey, um, once again, uh, I'm your host Phil Smith, uh, Phil the Filipino, F I L I P I N O. I've got a couple of things going on right now. The uh, second episode of the Wait For It podcast with myself and Eric Cerna is now currently up where we are doing round one of the Disney bracket that we put together a few weeks ago. There are some very, very interesting upsets in that first round of the bracket that you guys probably want to check out. It's pretty cool. Um, also, i got a couple shows coming up here in the month of May. Um, just a lot more content coming from uh, from us guys. So, Jay, what are you working on and where can they find us? And, um, yeah, what's next? Oh, yeah, Camp Battles. I uh, got an article on Camp Battles that I'm going to do uh, with the rookies coming in. Um, just put up a depth chart today for the offense. Going to do a depth chart for the defense and offer my analysis. Um, going to be on the radio with my man Phil Jones um, for Fox Sports sometime in the near future to talk about the draft. Uh, you know, there's so much stuff I can't even remember it all right now. Uh, it's all in my agenda, but um, just – expect more content and um also expect more podcasts we're probably gonna um start doing a format where we we post multiple times a week um you know it might not be all of us together but you know we might do individual podcasts um to kind of you know help get our name out there we're gonna be posting links to this podcast also in all of our articles uh so you'll be it'll be more accessible uh, so um, aside from that, you know, that's it. And um, had a good time once again in Dallas and had a good time also uh, recording today's show. Yeah, guys. So make sure you follow us on Twitter. Of course, that's Jags Den Podcast, the Jaguars Wire. Uh, make sure you um, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, tune in, as well as the Audio Boom Network. So that is it for us, guys. Thank you so much once again for listening. Um, You guys stay safe and go Jaguars.